0: Hey legends, welcome along to this edition of Skim Me Up Body, I'm your host Rodney Stewart. We're getting into Star Trek Discovery once again, Season 1, with uh, an episode called The Butcher's Knife, Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. Now these, it is what it is, you know, I don't care where you stand at, on Star Trek these days, it's always good to get something new from Star Trek, you know. Uh again I kinda beat this drum every time I come on to this podcast, but you know uh a lot of people have huge love for the old shows, the original series, next generation, DS9, Voyager, all that good stuff. And I absolutely love them. The rewatchability factor of the old shows I have to say for me is a lot higher. Than the new shows are at this point, but you know it is what it is. It's you know people give the next generation and Voyager and DS Nine they give them all crap whenever the first came out, and these are never going to be as good as the originals. Kiss my ass, you know. <laughs> Ten years down the line, we're going to be looking at Discovery, Picard, and all these new shows, uh, Strange New Worlds. That's that is going to be flipping epic. Once that drops, I can't wait for that. But uh, getting into it here with this one, just a a quick little chat about the episode. Really, I'm just giving some of my thoughts going through it here. And, you know, at the beginning of it, uh, Burnham has been signed up to the Discovery as like a a field promotion by Captain Lorca, and uh, he's going to take whatever steps he feels that are. Necessary to win the war, and she's the sort of person that he wants, and has said the person that's going to go that extra mile. And uh, yes, she's now on discovery, she gets her new uniform, she hasn't got a rank. Uh, Tully turns up with uh, and compliments her look and brings her a container. And uh, Burnham realizes it's actually the last woolen testament of Captain Georgiou. Giorgio, I pronounce that name wrong a lot, forgive me for that. But she can't deal with it at the moment she's holding some serious guilt for what happened to her captain, rightly so. Um, She just chucks it in below the bed and then she answers a call, she's called to the bridge, and bumps into Saroo and the turbo lift and it's the first time she's seen him since uh Lorca drafted her and you know he's just you know first officer in this ship and the I pride myself and knowing everybody that's on the ship and you should have been off the the prisoners and you know getting me the hell out of my road sort of a deal. Um he just blatantly expresses the frustration that she's there and uh He was certain that he wouldn't see her again, and she insists she's only there to help. But he's unconvinced, and uh, he's got these fret ganglia things that pop down from the back of his head whenever he gets nervous, and these pop out straight away whenever he sees her. And she's like, you know, you can tell your fret ganglia to chill out. I'm here just to help, and he's like, they remain unconvinced. But on the bridge, they get there, the two of them observe a combat drill, and... Progress and the crew fails the sim- simulation, and Larka angrily orders it to be run again without him. He takes Burnham down to his personal lab, isolated at the moment and filled with weapons. Uh, he says, you know, that he's got a collection of the most dangerous weapons in the galaxy, and uh, he says it's where he studies war and learns from the best of all species. Then he turns her to face four shield quarantine room. We've seen that at the end of the last episode where the 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 creature that they found on the the Glen was transported over and it jumps out, startles her. Of course he's you know at the end of the last episode this thing jumped up against the shield and he didn't even blink an eye at it, you know, he's just that. Intense of a character, I love Larka and season one, and uh, I was kind of hoping that well, I don't want to skip too far into the series, but if you've seen the series, you know exactly what happens. But yeah, I kind of wanted the bear to be a lot more of Larka at the end of it. You know, uh, at the end of season one, they're going to get their new captain, and they're distracted by the Enterprise and Captain Pike and we never actually got to find out who this new Captain was supposed to be so I was kind of hoping you would have got the 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 actual and universe version of Lorca but that didn't happen anyway that was a bit of a tangent uh, Lorca wants her to study this creature and you know what kind of a creature can rip holes in a ship's hull with just its claws and whatnot and can take, you know, phaser blasts that are set to kill and that can take them like it's just water off a duck's back and he's like, you know, weaponize this thing. um yes, he leaves her to it. Uh the sarcophagus ship of the uh the Klingons. It's adrift in space still, six months later. Vok views a map and talks out to to Kuvma for help. Lorel comes in, convinces him that they need to use parts from the the Shenzhou to fix the ship. But Vok, he's not up for this here. He dismisses it completely, refusing to use Federation technology out of a need to keep them pure. You know, he just wants everything to be fully Klingon. And if they can't find Klingon parts, then uh, he's... Hoping for some divine intervention really to save them. Um, he's not going to use the Federation parts whatsoever. But Lorel declares, What good does it do them if they starve? You know, what's the point of keeping, uh, keeping purity if it's only going to lead us to death? She admits that she was forced to choose between the houses of her parents, but instead, uh, her mother actually handed her a bat left and said, you carve your own heart out or pick this house or whatever. And she refused to do that, but she managed to build a bridge between the two of them. And she persuades him to actually build a similar bridge and use the Federation tech. Back in the discovery, uh, Ellen Laundry comes to monitor Burnham's progress. She's a very, very cold character from day one on the show. But that's not going to last long, <laughs> as we see in this episode. She names the creature Ripper, because that's what he is, essentially. Burnham notes that it's similar to the Earth tar- 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 Tardigrades? That is a huge, huge word for this time of the night. I do apologise. She also notes that it's, that the creature didn't break in to US- Glam, but it was a stowaway. And Landry quickly turns to uh, use the creature. Uh, but Burnham uh, notes that the creature isn't necessarily hostile. She wants to study it. Uh, Landry dismisses the information, insisting that Lorca, you know, he's not interested in flipping research. He just wants to know what it can do for him. That's the way it is in this ship. That's the way it's going to be. Uh, Lorca gets communication from Admiral Cron- Cornwell Uh she brings Corvin to to his attention which will soon be attacked by the Klingons they need to protect the mining colony it's like this mining colony is responsible for what was the percentage they said in the show 40 odd percent let's just say for all the dilithium mined for the federation comes from this mining colony and if the Klingons take it ...the Federation has done for. The Discovery is the only one close enough. Larkin insists they can jump the full distance this time. Uh, down an Engineering, however, Stan Metz says... ...no chance, no way. There are many more calculations needed to do longer jumps. He describes the technology they took from the, the Glen... ...but they're missing the component. So uh, there's this get-up inside the, the glass case we we seen where, you know, uh, Lorca put uh, her into in the last episode... ...and uh, showed her ways of going about Burnham. Sorry, I'm going to refer to as her. He put Burnham on this glass case sort of thing in this episode. Um, you see there's this setup of these like arms on it... ...and it's connected to this computer that they got off the Glen... ...but they don't know what this actual supercomputer is essentially um where am I at in my notes. Uh they're missing a component, Lorca. He insists that they try soften so and s admits there's a few things that they can try. Uh back in the sarcophagus ship, call arrives. One of the Oracle, and he was the first guy to pretty much turn his back in that opening episode. He's like, I'm not gonna deal with these people, they're all crazy Uh, screw this off he went, but he comes back uh, apologising for how he treated the Kuvma and bows, Vok tells him to get up, only their enemies should need uh, calls interested in the cloaking technology, Uh, at this point, in the timeline it's only the sarcophagus ship of the Klingons that actually has the ability to cloak, none of the rest of them actually have it Foxes, they're almost operational uh, and he welcomes the House of Kor and uh, they chant that they will remain Klingon. So back over on the, the Discovery Stanmetz informs Lorca that the spore drive can be used. He issues a black alert and the crew gets ready. the uh, Stanmetz loads the spores and engineering. Interestingly Burnham is observing the tardigrade in Lorca's lab and it starts to scream out. You know, just before this jump actually happens. She finds that very strange. The jump isn't successful, mind you, they almost end up in the, the heart of a star. <laughs> they jumped under the, the sun's gravity well and uh, barely escape. Uh they get away, luckily enough. Landry comes to the lab once again. Burnham immediately notes that the grade seemed to react to the spore drive Landry doesn't care about the information only caring about what the immediate mission and its usefulness t- to fight and the situation that the Discovery is in at the moment is they need to get to this mining colony and save it before the ons can take it out and uh, as far as Landry's concerned that Burnham is just wasting time here. They need to get the ship. Everybody is just intent on in getting there, saving these people. But uh, Burnham, with her Vulcan upbringing, is uh, using a hell of a lot of logic in this episode to try and get to the bottom of things. Um and sickbay, Stan Metz gets his injury repaired by Dr. Hugh Colbert, and this this is the, the interesting part of the series, you know, it's just that we're getting into, and people that I have talked to when this series came out, and a few people after it, had a bit of a problem with the whole Stan Metz and Colbert relationship in the series, it's just like, and I'm like, guys, Star Trek has never, it has never shied away from These sorts of things, and bringing in a gay couple as part of the crew of the Discovery is not something that we should have been shocked about whenever Star Trek came back. It was just, uh, they're going to go down all these roads now, and, you know... More power to them I have got no problem with it whatsoever I have got quite a few friends In my own personal life That are as gay as the day is long I have not got a problem With any last one of them Uh, I don't swing that way myself But you know I have a bit of fun Hanging out with these people Every once in a while And uh, I was actually told one night There's two friends I have They're a gay couple Two women and uh, they met another gay couple on holidays one year. And uh, these, there were two guys, and they actually came to visit one time. And uh, I popped into the house to say hello and get a cup of coffee. And I was sitting on the the couch, and this guy was looking at me, and uh, he's like, and he asked me where where I stood at on the spectrum, or where, where I like to uh, go to whenever I'm romantically involved with somebody and I'm just like, you know, for me uh, flat out, straight, told him uh, you know, it's not my thing I haven't got a problem with you guys you do you, I do me but I'm just, you know, it's, it's woman for me you know, 100% and the guy just looked at me and he's like well you know what, you're lucky because if you're interested in men I would take you right now there's no, there's no they're not backwards but coming forwards these guys. I that's what I like about them. They're so, so much fun. Anyway, digressing from the series. Uh yeah, 100 percent Uh right, so Stan Metz, we injury getting sorted out by Culber. Lorca lands on uh I want Starmats to get back to the engineering as soon as possible. Culber delays and Starmats wants more time to study what they're going to do uh you know he doesn't want to risk the the same fate of the glen with the uh the discovery and you know they get into an argument and stamets like you know if i leave here i'm taking my spores and research and everything with me and you know Lorca's like you know dry up that head essentially you know like your research and the spores and everything belong to starfleet now and uh you'll do what you're told Essentially. Uh, yes, so either you get back to the mission or leave with a tarnished reputation, you know. How do you want to go down in history? You're a selfish little man, essentially. Stalmet's the grudge league is back to engineering. Lorca decides to replay the last transmission from the the colony to motivate the crew, shipwide heel plays this guy's last transmission where he's you know, just just Deaf store essentially, and it's just you can hear girls crying in the background, children screaming. It is, a, if you're in the situation, it would be definitely a very motivating thing. Lorca, uh, isn't big on treating people in a way of you know, I don't want to hurt your feelings, sort of a thing. He is very much to the point and does it very well in this part of the the episode. So, uh, yes, so back in engineering, or the the lab, sorry, uh, Landry decides to take drastic action. Pull the knife and a gun, then ordering the computer to sedate the creature. Burnham ejects. You know, just don't do this, it's stupid. Landry continues to deactivate the force field. The creature... Did not get sedated and immediately goes for the door. Landry shoots, but only makes the creature attack her. She should have known better. You know, this is like Lorca said it you know, this thing can take a kill shot without it even a fact. So, what the hell is she going to do in this situation? Now, uh, you could argue the fact that she, she was in a, a desperate mindset after hearing the transmission from the colony just we need to do so from now this is maybe is maybe a stupid decision but I'm going to do it because we have to do it essentially but the creature rips her new one essentially killing her uh, they managed to get her to sick bay before she dies but she's she's mangled and I have to say the scream she lets out when the creature grabs hold of her is spine tingling I was just like that is when it, when it comes to doing a scream Now I've done a few little short budget Short budget Zero budget short films myself Not so much in the way of screaming Was needed in them But you know I've been in a few different scenarios To this point And other projects Where you would have had someone Having to scream Or do that sort of thing And either There doesn't seem to be any real Middle ground in it Well there's that Scream that works Then there's the scream That's just Well I suppose there is a little bit Of middle ground It just It's I don't is It either sounds terrible Or It works But then you get these screams That is just Beyond believable I found this scream To be one of them Uh Brutal Uh Landry dies in the sick bay And uh the captain is like, you know, figure it out. Don't let her death be in vain. Back with the Klingons, Vok and Lorel board the, the Shanzu. Vok decides to go to the bridge to find something of value. He finds a display of the crew manifest. He takes in the abandoned scenery. They reach the Dylan processor and they have to free it carefully. Uh, during this, Vok expresses his respect for Lorel. And she calls him Lord, despite serving the Covema for years. Uh, Vogue questions it, and Laurel admits she never wanted leadership, preferring the supporting role. And Vogue, he's like, you know, I'm very fortunate to have you by my side, so, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of romance. Probably going to uh, rear his ugly head with these two. <laughs> I'm not even going to down that road. Um, back at Discovery, Saru visits Burnham on her request and she starts to apologise to the way she was treating him. And she then notices that the fret ganglia on the back of Saru's neck aren't activated. And Saru realises that she's pretty much just used him for research at this point. He's like, you haven't changed a bit. Uh, he believes the, the creature killing Landry to be self-defence. Or sorry, she believes that it was self-defence. Uh, you know, the creature was really, really uh, a threat. That your fret Ganglia would have given it away. And, and fair point, but uh, it doesn't go down well with him. Uh, but he does note after her doing this that uh, he was wrong. But uh, he's you really are going to fit in well. On the ship, because the uh, the mentality on the discovery, especially under uh, the cabin and everything, he's doing in the war effort, it's just like you know feelings aren't high hey in the priority, and a lot of things. Tilly brings some spores down to the the lab uh, discreetly for research. She, you know she would get her ass kicked off the the knew that she was bringing these to Burnham. Uh, Tilly feels helpless, uh, and this is the only thing she, like, she can do at the moment. She just, you know, we need to help these people on this call. I can't do that, but I can help you do this. Uh, Burnham takes the canister and deactivates the, the force shield where this creature's at, places the canister. And there opens up and waits, and of course the creature comes out and interacts with the spores and gently... Literally licks her on the cheek for giving them to him. Uh Down in engineering Burnham shows Stan Mets evidence that the, the crew of the land was actually using the creature to solve the navigational problem of the spore drive. They needed this huge supercomputer that didn't know what it was. And, you know, uh, the captain even questioned Stan Mets and, you know, did you whenever you're on the Glen, did you actually just forget I left this important piece but it turns out this creature has been the important piece the whole time Uh, they beam the creature into the there's a big room off the side of the engineering where they've got all these plants and stuff growing in there this is where they get all their spores out of Uh, they beam the creature in there and it's it's having the time of its life and uh, its community hidden with spores ...in the form of symbiosis uh back in the sarcophagus ship of the klingons vok and Rael come back with the Dilophian processor call has bought the loyalty of the entire crew with food these guys were starving this guy lands in under the false sense of security you know with uh vok you know we will remain klingon but once his back was turned you know he just uh Started beaming food over from his own ship And of course Starving people are going to be easily swayed So Vok has lost All command of these guys Um L'Rell however steps in between Vok and Call And you think she's going to For a moment you think she's going to stand up And back Vok, But then she gives The uh the device from the the Shanzu to call, and uh, this is for you. And take some food, accepting his leadership. Call wants to kill Vok, but Lorel suggests another idea. Let's be him over to the the graveyard of our enemy. Um, Lorca back in the the discovery. Uh this is you know the episode very good up to this point, but the. This last sequence where the Discovery comes to the rescue of this uh, wow. outpost is great. Lorca orders the Black Alert, Stamets, transports the tardigrade into the the chamber. They come and latches on it, and the navigational map is now complete. Like Everything, all the star charts that they need is in this creature's mind and its brain. They can now do whatever the hell they want, go where they want, when they want with the Discovery. Um, the ship jumps as the, the colony is attacked and knocks out two of the targets as soon as it appears. Like The, the, the jump of the the Discovery is nice. I like that a lot. That's a very good effect. And uh, one thing that we... We all thought just where we're at this point of jumping was you know, this is set ten years previous to the original Star Trek series and then of course before everything else, the next generation, DS nine, you know, all the all the good stuff. You know, why have you never heard of this board drive before? And uh, you know, that was a big uh point of contention with a lot of people. Whenever they were watching us, and I was just like Guys, settle yourselves you know, we're, we're in a time now where you need absolutely everything flipping figured out on the spot You know, it's just, just like Our own story, that's really weird Especially in the vast majority of shows these days Now Star Trek is doing it for me Where I kind of feel that they could be making more stories For a season instead of dragging out the one storyline Throughout a 10 episode arc I miss that about the older shows But in all those older shows Particularly season 1 Well I'm really I'm going through The original series Season 1 Right now And there's quite a few episodes In that series Where they don't answer everything for you I think it's a downside to modern society Where we need absolutely everything worked out On the spot But uh Yes you know, it's that does answer itself later on at the end of it. Se- we had to wait to the end of season two for it to happen. But it was it really was as plain in the nose in your face what happens Discovery or what is gonna happen Discovery and the the fact that we don't know about the spore drive. <coughs> but anyway, I digress. Um Discovery turns up at this main colony... ...takes out two of the Klingon... birds of prey... Uh, Lorca orders the ship... ...to stay put... ...as the others fire on it... ...and get closer and closer... ...they're coming in like a crossfire... ...sort of a manoeuvre... ...and... Uh, ...shields are steadily decreasing... ...the crew's patience is tested... <coughs> ...excuse me... ...stamets and puts new coordinates... ...and waits for the signal... Lorca waits for the right moment... Orders the next jump, and they leave a mess load of explosives exactly where the discovery had been at, and that takes out the remainder of the the Klingons saving the colony. Great, great little sequence. Very quick, but flippin' great. Um, they jump back to confirm the victory. As they celebrate, uh, the device on hooks from the, the tardigrade and engineering and Burnham notes, it appears to have weakened it. So this thing here, you know, the, the sounds it's making after this like the spore drive needs the creature for for it to work properly, but it's it's taking a lot out of the creature and actually really hurting it. And like The say what you will about the acting in this show, but uh, the expression in her face of uh concern for this creature was fantastic in this part of the the episode um we go back to the scene of the the battle of the binary stars vok has been abandoned in the shanzu and looks at the crew manifest again in anger Uh, he despairs as Lorel beams onto the bridge just as the sarcophagus ship warps out she insists she wanted to save his life earlier saying that the rest of the crew is loyal to call they must hatch a grander plan. Saying he should go to the house of Mackay for preparations, uh, she also tells him he should be prepared to sacrifice everything. Back in Discovery, once again, we're just—I'm really, really—I'm spoiling the shit out of this episode for you. But that is what it is, guys. We're all trackies here. We're all loving it. Let's just flipping and enjoy it together. Burnham goes back to rubber to try and feed it some more spores and apologize. tries to apologize for for harming it, but it uh, refuses him this time. And it's just trying to recover. Um, she goes back to her quarters to ponder. Tally eventually arrives, and she says, "Everyone's talking about her." Burnham doesn't respond. Uh, You're going to have a new reputation if you keep up this work. Sort of thing. People starting to come round To Burnham right now. Uh, Tully also convinces her to open the last will and testament of Captain Georgie, but uh, leaves when there's no response. So Burnham decides to do so and find it's the the telescope that she had on the 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 Shenzhou And uh, and really really nice goodbye note to Burnham and pretty much tells her that she always considered her a daughter at the end of the day and uh, it's one of these things where this girl if she's not already feeling as guilty as she is the the woman or captain that uh, she's responsible for the death of essentially is now in the last will and testament in a hologram telling her that You know, she just loved her Like she was her own The storytelling in this show Is very, very good You know, I find it to be very, very strong But, uh, again, just for me I kind of miss the episodic layout Of the older shows And, uh, I don't know It's, It's not that I'm It's not that I'm not enjoying The newer shows but uh, there's there's times there And by the end of the week next couple of days We're going to be doing episode 2 of Star Trek Picard Season 2 Even in that show so far Between the first and the second episode I just think there was a heck of a lot of storyline in there That was just stretched out To fill in the time Whereas in the older shows you would have had A more creative way to skip the story forward And get more in there In a less amount of time I think that really stands out to the older shows between them and the new ones. But anyway, you know, again, it is what it is. It's Star Trek. We're getting new Star Trek. Like after Enterprise finished, I thought that was going to be it. I'm going to feel really stupid if there was something after Enterprise. I think Enterprise was the last we got. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. I was at that point. I was completely convinced. I was like, "This is it." It's just like uh, at that stage when that show was running, it was well. I can only speak for Northern Ireland where I'm at, but uh, it was having a hard time getting viewers over here. Like anybody I knew that was into the other Star Trek shows, didn't really warm up to it, and uh, of course that was. Not as, like, I was set in an earlier time frame, of course, than everything else. So, we we're going to get a more stripped back version of Starfleet, very much so. And a lot of people had problems with that. You know, it's... But, yes, when that show finished, I was literally, like, I was so convinced. I was like, we're never going to get another Star Trek show after this one. I flippin' loved it. I loved Enterprise in a big bad way Uh, I was always a big fan of Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap so it was good to see him And uh, Star Trek He did a great job on it Uh, But uh, as I say You know once that was done and dusted I was like I can't see them Continuing this on And I really really never thought we would see anything We've waited a long long time For Star Trek to come back Yes in my opinion It's not as good as the older stuff, but it's Star Trek. It's enjoyable. It is what it is. I've seen it before on some of the reviews of my other channels. The way I look at it is, you know, people can sit there and can bitch and moan all they want about, you know, if I was doing this, if I was behind this, I would do something different. And I'm just like, you know, yes, there is ways that I would change these newer shows. Course, bringing that episodic sort of a deal in there, getting more in there, more involved, uh, more and more storylines, and not stretch things out as as much as they happen to them. But But, uh, you know, the point I always make is this is a show that has been pitched, got the green light, went into production, got made, now it's coming out for us to watch. Who the hell are we to be sitting and thinking? Screw these guys. We could do this much better. If we could do it much better, we wouldn't be sitting and recording the podcast. We'd be making the damn shows as well. So it is what it is. I'm, on it. I'm in it for the long run. I really am. Anything Star Trek, anything science fiction, I'm there for it. I love it. Can't get enough of it. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. I hope you did enjoy it. If you did, rate and review the show. Share it along with anybody you think might be interested in it. And I almost pressed the wrong button to end this thing again. So that's it. That's me. I'll talk to you in the next episode. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.